It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of BlindAndroidUsers.com. Kick back and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the Blind Android Users podcast. I'm Ed Green and I'm here with my co-hosts Warren Carr, Austin Pinto, Anna Garza and Marion Mosen. On this week's show, we have the usual announcements from Austin. In our must-have apps category, it's all about Braille, and that's both apps to drive your Braille display and also uh, apps to allow you to input Braille uh, with a keyboard. The Spotlight section this week features ICAN, another OCR and navigation app available for the blind. Then we move into Warren's talkback highlights section. And finally, this week, we have a My Android Journey section from Fee Dunn. And the Fee will be contributing throughout the podcast. How are we all? We are good. Beautifully. (laughs) We are doing well. Beautiful sunshine here today. I think we're probably going to get about 60 degrees. Who knows? Nice. I'm jealous. So you're doing great. Um, whether it's just fall things and Halloweeny uh, stuff. So yeah, it's, it's beautiful. They let you do Halloween in Egypt. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, we dress up and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And you go pyramid selling those pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pyramid of pumpkins. I would love to go yeah. trick or treating in um in one of the pyramids, you know? There's a beautiful place to go trick or treat. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get buried in pyramids. I'm not sure about that. You go oh my god. That's what they're for. Well that's what they were for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those... Ah, those I don't know. Yeah, it, would, it would be it would be quite good for Halloween though, wouldn't it? Because they're kind brilliant. of spooky oh, and to do with, Eve, yeah. To do with death and everything. But yeah. yeah. Why why didn't MR James write a Halloween story set in a pyramid? That'd have been ace. Maybe Marion can write it. This means, yeah, for sure. You should. Brilliant. Is there an Android app yet? Is, is there an Android app yet um, as, as the new person here? I'm just wondering so that one of you can send me some sunshine when it's a grey day here in West London. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? I should take yep. a picture from my backyard and with all that maple all red out there in the backyard, it looks like fire, uh, like the tree is on fire. I, I need to send you a picture of that fire. See? <laughs> yeah, but then what, what I can't. Android? I wouldn't be able to see it, though, so... <laughs> <laughs> what what Android will let you do, which iOS won't, is change your location. So just change it to somewhere sunny. Oh, true. You should be able to you do that. You can have hot location. Yeah, no, no. As I say, Android will, iOS won't. Yeah, but will it, set, take, mo- will, it, will it take me to that nice country as well? Will it fly me there? Try it. Uh, it's <laughs> a little bit of warmth from here. Yeah, it's brilliant because there are some apps that uh, won't allow VPNs to circumvent their geo-blocking. So mock location in Android, uh, pro tip, really good. Blind Android users is proud to partner with the folks from Gravity Forms. Gravity Forms has allowed us to ensure that our website is both accessible and easy to use with regards to our contact forms and other various forms found throughout the page. Thanks to Gravity Forms' dedication to accessibility and their compliance, 
with all federal and jurisdictional laws relating to accessibility is appreciated. The Blind Android users would like to thank the folks from Gravity Forms for sponsoring our license subscription to their WordPress plugin. If you'd like to know more about Gravity Forms, check them out online at gravityforms.com. Austin, what's going on? Announcements, please. Yeah, so for the announcements, we have got uh, two or three announcements. The first one is it's celebration time. So we have just crossed 25,000 plays on our podcast over 44 episodes. Just done it before this episode. So it's celebration time. The next celebration time will be our episode 50. And after that, the celebration time will be the one-year celebration in December. You can fill the form on our website or you can email us. And then we will send you the link to Zoom if you want to attend either episode 50 for the one-year celebration or if you want to attend both, specify that in the email or answer the question in the form. And depending on that, we will send you the Zoom link. So that is it from the announcement section. Now we turn to the must-have apps category this week. And it's all about Braille. And I suppose this breaks down into two parts. Firstly, how do you use a Braille display on Android? What are your options in terms of driving that display? We're not going to get into individual hardware because Braille displays are very expensive and we are very poor and we don't all own all the displays. So we'll be talking about the apps that you use to drive your displays on Android. And secondly, we're going to talk about uh, uh, keyboard input. So how do you write Braille, uh, particularly if you don't have a display on your Android phone? Um, uh, so uh, let's kick this off. Warren, do you want to introduce this or uh, have some opening remarks? Well, I think that Braille is getting there on Android. It's becoming very good. And uh, the backbone to it all has to do with that Braille bag because Braille bag is the one that drives Braille on Android, especially if one is going to be using a Braille display to pair it with their Android phone. So Braille back is the key. If you think of wanting to use a Braille display, you have to have that uh, Braille back. Now, of course, then, you know, we have the subject matter of virtual Braille keyboards and things like that. And, of course, our own Anna demonstrated the TalkBack Braille keyboard a little while ago here. And that's something that we've been wanting for a while. And now we see it here on uh, TalkBack, it's a welcome sight to see that we now have that virtual keyboard direct from within the TalkBack. And so we're happy about that. So we're going to be talking about these things today. Um, and But the key here is if you're going to be using a Braille display, you must have Braille back. Okay, so I'm going to start by showing you how to connect your hardware Braille display to your Android device. I'm going to start by talking about how to pair your Braille display to your Android device. As you know, Android has Braille, but at the time of this recording, Braille is a separate app. We have a couple of options. The one developed by Google is called Brailleback. Before pairing a display to your Android device, you need to install and enable a Braille app, like Braille Back by Google, 
or BRLTTY by the BRLTTY team. If you do this, you'll know that you've paired successfully because one, you're going to hear a chime when pairing happens. The chime is produced by the Braille app. And two, you're going to be able to read a Braille on the display. Now, I've already installed Braille back from the Play Store. I'm just going to enable it now. So I need to go into Settings. 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 Profile picture. Double tap to open Google account. Button. Out of grid. Then I'm going into Accessibility. Accessibility. Display. Interaction. Audio. Settings. Accessibility. Out of list. Now I'm going to go into Brailleback. Brailleback. Off provide Braille output. Settings. Brailleback. Out of list. Excellent. I'm in Brailleback. Now most accessibility services have a very similar screen. In the top left corner is the Navigate Up button. About halfway down is a Use This Service icon. Use Brailleback off switch in list. Use Brailleback and we hear that it's off. Below that is an options heading. Options heading. And then we usually have a couple of items. Brailleback shortcut hold volume keys off shortcut settings switch. First we have the shortcut item. This allows us to set a shortcut usually by holding down both volume keys to turn this service on and off quickly. And the second item is usually settings. Settings. Then below that we have a description of the app. Okay, I'm going to tap use Brailleback. Use Brailleback off switch. Allow Brailleback to have full control of your device. Full control is appropriate for apps that help you with accessibility needs, but not for most apps. Out of list. Okie dokie, that's an important warning we need to hear. Just for your information, at the very bottom of the screen we have... Uninstall button. And then, uh, slightly above that, nearest the left edge, we have... Allow, allow button. And to the right of that... Deny button. Deny. So I'm going to tap allow. Allow button. Settings. Use Brailleback on switch in list. Okay, now we're back to that main Brailleback screen where the Use icon is and the Options heading is and the Shortcut and Settings items are. Only this time it says Use Brailleback On. At this point, I am ready to start pairing my display. All right. The first thing I'm going to do is go into Settings. Pixel Launcher. Home. Out of list. Apps list. Search your phone and more. Edit box. Settings. Settings. Profile picture. Double tap to open Google account button. And then into connected devices. Connected devices. Bluetooth. Pairing. Settings. Connected devices. Out of list. This screen has the typical navigate up button in the top left corner. Navigate up button. And then we have a list of options. 
Pair new device in list. Pair new device. We're going to tap that to start the pairing process, but not just yet. Previously connected devices. Heading. Previously connected devices. Normally, I'd have a couple of devices below this. But since this phone is relatively new, I haven't paired very much yet. Connection preferences, Bluetooth, Android Auto, driving mode, NFC. Connection preferences, this is basically a settings option. And finally, visible is Pixel 5 inches to other devices. Visible is Pixel 5. If I want to check Bluetooth connections on my smartwatch or my Braille display, this is what I would look for. Okay. This moves pretty quickly. I'm going to turn my mini Sika on. I'm going to look for the Bluetooth option, press the joystick, it says wait, and then it says Bluetooth name TSM followed by a number. I'm going to tap. Pair new device in settings. Pair new device out of list. Now I'm hoping to find TSM. Available devices, TSM0063. Very good. Pair with TSM0063. Edit box, out of list. I need to enter Switch the to pairing code, braille. which is Number zero. Zero, 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 zero. In many cases, it's one, two, three, Keyboard four. Hidden. I need to connect. Not checked. Allow access to your con. Check. I mean, check an option for access and then OK. OK, button. Oops. Settings. TSM0063. Pairing. Disabled. In list. Settings. Pair new device. In list. Beautiful. Okay. You heard that chime. That means that pairing was successful. And now on my Braille display, I can read pair new device. And we are good. Now we're going to move on to how to use Braille back. This is obviously just a very quick introduction for getting started. As I said earlier, you need to install Braille back from the Play Store. Then you need to go into Settings, Accessibility, Braille back to turn Braille back on by tapping Use Braille back, then tapping the Allow checkbox on the warning screen. After that, you need to pair your Bluetooth Braille display. Braillebox supports a short list of devices. They are APH Refresher Braille, Baum Barrio Connect, Baum Barrio Ultra, Essays Euro Braille, Freedom Scientific, Focus Blue 14 and 40 cell models, a number of HandyTech displays, the Harpo Pen Braille 12 and 12 Touch, Hymns Braille Sense and Braille Edge, Humanware Brilliant first generation and Bi models, not the latest Brilliant Bi 20X or 40X, a couple of the Optilec Alba models, Orbit Reader 20, Papenmeyer Braille X Trio, and the Sika displays both the Mini and the 40 cell. Okay, to use Braille back, 
So first I'm turning on my display, putting it in Bluetooth mode. I found the Bluetooth option. I'm pressing it. The display says, please wait. And then it says Bluetooth TSM followed by a number. Now I'm going to wake up my phone by tapping the power button. 1.06 p.m. AT&T Wi-Fi calling. That chime tells me that Brailleback is working. And almost as soon as I hear it, my display also starts to reflect the Braille that has focus on the screen. And I just need to slide to unlock. And we are on the home screen. The Braille display reflects what's on the home screen. You just heard TalkBack say home call, which is a telephone widget that I have. And sure enough, the display says home, followed by the word call in parentheses. Okay, what we're going to do now is go into Brailleback to explore the settings. So I'm going into settings. Apps list. Search your phone and more. Edit box. Settings. Settings. Profile picture. Double tap to open Google account button. And then into accessibility. Accessibility. Display. Interaction. Audio. Settings. Accessibility. Out of list. Then into Brailleback. Brailleback. On provide Braille output. Settings. Brailleback. Out of list. Remember, this is a very basic screen. We have Navigate Up in the top left corner, a description of Brailleback at the very bottom, and in the center we have Use Brailleback. Use Brailleback on switch in list. Then we have an options heading followed by Brailleback shortcut, hold volume keys, off, shortcut settings, switch. The Brailleback shortcut item and Settings. Brailleback settings. So let's tap Brailleback settings. Connected. Brailleback. Device. Disabled. In list. Device. Disabled. This is a heading. Okay. Items are presented in a list, so we're just going to move through that list. Status. Connected. Status. Connected. That means my display is connected. If Brailleback were on but my display were off, it would say not connected. As I'm moving through these, my display is reflecting what TalkBack is saying. Keyboard help. Keyboard help. I can tap this to get to a list of commands. We're going to do that in a minute, but right now we're just getting an idea of what's going on. Remember, the other way to access this list of commands is by pressing space with L, space dots one, two, three for list. Braille disabled. Braille disabled. Braille is a heading. Braille type, literary braille. Braille type, literary braille. We can tap this and our options are computer braille and literary braille. Literary braille table, English United States grade two. Literary braille table. I've selected English United States grade two. We have quite a selection here. Lots of different languages. And for some languages, we have contracted and uncontracted Braille. 
Computer Braille table, Auto English, United States. Computer Braille. Again, we have lots of languages. Enable word wrapping, on, switch. Enable word wrapping. This puts complete words on the display. Miscellaneous, disabled. Miscellaneous, this is another heading. And below that we have open source licenses, open source licenses, developer options, and developer options. Okay, let's go back to keyboard help to review the list of commands. For keyboard help, Railback keyboard help, navigate up, button, out of list. Use navigation keys to move focus on the screen. Use the braille keys to enter text in an edit box. Below is a full list of key commands supported by your device. As I said before, braille back commands vary from braille display to braille display. This doesn't mean that every braille back command is going to be different on every braille display. It does mean that some commands will take advantage of the unique physical controls on different models. To give you an idea of what this means, I'll go through some braille back commands. I have a Sika Mini. There's a button to the left of the line of Braille and another button to the right of the line of Braille. These buttons are called left and right. Below the line of Braille are two other controls. One is near the left end and the other is near the right end. These are the left and right joysticks. The first few commands from the keyboard help that we're going to go over are unique to the Sika Mini. Pan right, right button, in list. The right button pans right. Pan left, left button. And the left button pans left. Navigate to the next item, right joystick right. Navigate to the next item, right joystick right. So the right joystick is the one that I'm going to use to go to the next item. Navigate to the previous item, right joystick left. Previous item. Navigate to the next line, right joystick down. To the item below the current one, in a grid. Navigate to the previous line, right joystick up. Or to the item in the line above it. And so on. The next set of commands are probably shared by all displays. Activate the back button, backspace plus dot one plus dot two. Backspace plus B. Activate the home button, backspace plus dot one plus dot two plus dot five. Home space plus H. Open the notifications window, backspace plus dot one plus dot three plus dot four plus dot five. Notifications space plus N. Open the recent apps window, backspace plus dot one plus dot two plus dot three plus dot five. Overview or recent space plus R. Toggle Braille grade, backspace plus dot one plus dot two plus dot four plus dot five. And change grade of Braille, space plus G. Now that we have Braille back working the way we want, it's time to use it. Navigating the screens and activating controls is a matter of using the commands from the keyboard help. Entering text, however, involves one additional step, at least the first time during each Braille session. Okay, I want to text my friend Cecile. Cecile Harding said, sorry, don't know what happened. 5.18 p.m., enlist message list. 
I was talking to my friend Cecile, and our call got dropped. I'm using the right joystick of my Sika Mini to navigate to the edit box. Sorry, don't know what happened. Suggested reply. Okay, thumbs up. Add files, location, and more. Button, out of list, message list. I'm using the right joystick down to arrow down. Now I'm going to use the right joystick right to locate the edit field. Attach from camera or gallery button. Text message, edit box. All right, I'm at the edit box. I'm going to start writing a message. So obviously the first thing is dot six to capitalize. Choose input method. Not selected. Radio button. Braille hardware keyboard. Enlist. Okay, so we have the choose input method screen. This is the one that comes up when we want to change keyboards. And as you noticed, Braille hardware keyboard is already selected. So I'm going to check this box using my Braille display. In this case, it's left joystick center or a routing key. Most of the time, you don't actually need to be in an edit box for the input method screen to come up. It comes up when you press one of the typing keys on your Braille display. Cecile Harding. Cecile Harding said, sorry, don't know what happened. 5.18 p.m. Enlist message list. We're back on the text message. I need to right joystick down. Sorry, don't know what suggested reply. Go add files, location, and more. Button, and then right list joystick list. right. Attach from camera text message, edit box. Okay, I'm back at the edit box. I'm going to press the left joystick center to start editing. Showing Braille back. That means my Braille display is active as a keyboard, so I can write. I'm going to say I will call you back when I'm done. I replaced space, will, space, end of L, L, space, U, space, but, box, C, K, space. I'll call you back when I'm done. Now you noticed in a couple of cases, like in the word back and the word done, Braillebach started to say but and do, which are contractions for the letter B and D, respectively. That's Talkback trying to anticipate what we're writing. The actual words that are on the display and on the screen are back and done. So contractions are not expanded until we hit space or some punctuation. All right, now I'm ready to send this message. I can press enter to send this message or use the right joystick to find the send message icon. Explore emoji button. Send SMS. There it is. The next time you want to write without the braille display, all you need to do is tap an edit box. Then in the bottom right-hand corner, you'll find... Navigation bar, switch input method, button. The switch input method icon. Tap it. Keyboard hidden. Choose input method. Selected, selected, radio button, braille hardware keyboard, enlist. And you can tap whatever keyboard you like to use. I like to use the braille talkback keyboard, so that's what I'm going to tap. Not selected. Radio button. Talkback Braille keyboard. One final tidbit. To make working with a Braille display a smooth experience, 
There is a particular order in which things need to happen. First, turn on the Braille display. Set it to Bluetooth. Then wake up the phone by tapping the power button. 8.12 p.m. AT&T Wi-Fi calling. There's the chime to let us know we're connected. Let's unlock the phone. Device unlocked. When you're done brailing, put the phone to sleep first by tapping the power button. Screen off. Then turn off the braille display. Next time, everything should work smoothly. Thanks very much, Anna. Um, I think it is worth saying that there are other ways to use uh, a Braille display on Android, but well, one other way, and that is BRLTTY. That, though, I think, Warren and Anna, correct me if I'm wrong, is probably not a venture for the faint-hearted. You know, some people really like it and they prefer it to Braille back. They say it's more stable and blah, blah, blah. But um, I personally have had a better experience with uh, Braille back. I, I find BRLTTY um, a little too complicated to learn in the sense that when I set up my Braille display, I just want to use it. I don't want to remind myself what the commands are and so on and it's um with brltty i have to spend time doing that just to add to what anna says um brltty indeed is a great app and most especially now that we have it on the play store as to what it used to be where you have to go hunt for it and find and download the apk we do have it now on the play store now the problem with BRLTTY, and I'm not putting BRLTTY, Dave is my buddy, he's doing a great job. Absolutely. The uh, problem is that you have to do all those settings like Anna indicated, and it could be a little bit too involved if you're not really knowing what you are doing when you compare it to Brailleback. And especially with Brailleback, it seems to follow the standard People are familiar with the space G to change, you know, grades or, you know, whether you want a UEB, you know, uncontracted Braille, computer Braille, and all of that. Now, if you don't know that, with the BRLTTY, it's different. you got to use space with dots 2, 3, and 5, or you have to go into the options or preferences, and it's not within the app itself. You have to do that on the keyboard, and it gets a little bit uh, to involve from that point. And I'm hoping, though, that Dave would kind of uh, adapt to the standard where people could easily switch using that space with letter G. And also, it would be nice to have those settings within uh, the app itself because that's the first place that when one is working with an app, it would go to is to go into the settings within the app there and fine tune that app to how you want it to work from right within that app itself as to uh, going elsewhere. So uh, th- those are some of the weaknesses that I see in BRLTTY. Otherwise, it's a great app. And right now, it doesn't work with Kindle. Uh, text on Kindle just does not show up there on 
B-R-L-T-T-Y, and I know Dave was going to work on it, but so far uh, that hasn't happened yet. And speaking of that, I think that one of the problems with Braille output and Android is that you have a very um, hit and miss experience in terms of reading um, on Kindle, on playbooks, on things like that. You know, some things work well and some things don't. And sometimes you have to change, uh, use the screen to turn the page or things like that. So that's still hit and miss. Uh, I I was playing around with the Bard app, um, which is supporting Braille. And, um, you know, it's it's coming along as well. But again, it's it's sort of a bumpy experience on Android, though. Uh, though we do have Braille, and um, and I know that's uh, a work in progress. I find the same with uh, my Braille display. I can I can change. I think the next page on a Kindle. I can't though change a previous page. So to to flip to, to flip back, uh, I can't do. Talking about the bar, that's another um, thing that just came along. Now supporting Braille now. I think that Bard only does stuff that are coming direct from Bard. You can't um, say, "Here, I have some ebook elsewhere that I'm going to import into Bard." Uh, right. And is, and it, is it possible to to import something other than from within Bard to uh, use with Bard? I don't think you can import anything else. And and for those of you in other countries, Bard is the uh, talking book library for the blind here in the United States. It's the downloadable website for that. This has been the sticky point of Braille back, most especially when one cannot uh, go to the next page and things like that. That's been the uh, the Achilles heel here um, <laughs> when it comes to uh, Android and, and Braille, and hence the reason why sometimes if someone is deaf blind, we kind of say, hey, you know, if you're already on the Fruitvale side of things, that's iOS. Uh, you might as well want to stay there if you rely heavily on Braille because it's important that you are able to um, flip pages without touching the screen. So if that does not bother you, then you can jump on Android and use Braille back. It works well. It's better than what it used to be. Another weak area in Braille for Android is uh, when you're going to, um, if you use a pin to unlock your screen, you cannot use Braille for that. So in other words, if you set your hardware keyboard, Braille hardware keyboard to your preferred input method and you switch off the phone and turn it back on, it gets to the uh, pin, uh, the screen where you need to put in your pin, you are not going to be able to use your Braille. You have to use the uh, on-screen keyboard because at that point, your Braille back or Braille hardware is not going to show up there. Wow. Does that apply to all hardware keyboards or is that, uh, sorry, to all hardware keyboards? Or does that just apply to when Braille back is running? I think based on web uh, listserv traffic, people do it, but I'm not positive. Yeah, well, I'm wondering whether that's a Braille back limitation or an Android limitation. I'm going to check that and see if it actually works. Because I think it probably would. Why do you have to have this annoying input thing? Because when I use a Bluetooth keyboard, it just works. Mm -hmm. And it says Samsung keyboard hidden, because at the moment I'm just using the Samsung keyboard. 
but if I wanted, if I connected a Braille thing, I get this annoying dialogue. I was like, there's just no need for this. I don't have it on my fruitful iPhone. Sorry. It just annoys me a lot every single time. I don't Which... want to select my input oh, as one mean... or the other. I just want the Braille to work. And then when the Braille's not there, the keyboard to work. I don't need all this faffing about. Why do they do that? Does anyone know? Well, that's just because Android is, you know, super. Uh, it, it is so um, customizable that it can be annoying sometimes. But yes, before you actually enter text, for those of you who have not done it, on a Braille display, you'll get a pop-up that says you need to change your input method to hardware Braille keyboard. And and yes, you get it every time. And then when you disconnect uh-huh. your hardware display, um and you want to use your on-screen keyboard or something else, that'll come up again. But the same thing happens when you use your QWERTY. So, you know. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Well, I it does QWERTY every day. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because, it, But it'll ask you to configure it, you know. Mine does no. anyway. Yeah, no. it, it, it still but, shows but it, up there in the notification area uh, yeah, that, hey, you need to configure. It doesn't ask me to, I don't um, have to do anything. I Will just it do that if you set it. the Braille keyboard as default. Yes, yeah, if you, you set the Braille keyboard as a default and you don't have it on, um, it will not trigger your uh, virtual keyboard. So I see what uh, what Fiona is saying is that yeah, yeah. if you have the Bluetooth keyboard as your default, for example, you know you pair it and it's it automatically goes to that. But if you turn off that uh, Bluetooth keyboard your on-screen keyboard will automatically come on. Well, that is not the case if you have the hardware Braille keyboard going on where it is the default and you turn it off, your virtual keyboard is not going to come on. So I, I see what she's saying. You know, if mm. it would be uh, made to where if it's not present, then default back to the on-screen keyboard, I think that would be the most preferred. But if and it then is present, to the Braille keyboard when it is yeah, present. Yeah, if it, if it yeah. is present, just let me use it. Don't give me all this yeah. nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sort it out, Google. <laughs> and while I'm at it, Braille back. Why do I need Braille back? Why I'm going to I'm gonna turn back? on that British wrath on Google. <laughs> <laughs> but why, why isn't Braille back part of You don't want to mess back? with a British woman. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, I think the goal is that Brailleback um, will eventually disappear, um, but we're not there yet. Yeah. Mm. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah. No, I think things are going to get better, you know, just like with everything else. And um, we're always, you know, evolving and changing yes. and becoming yes. better yes. and better. Now, because if you are coming back from like six, seven years ago, uh, you remember, Anna, that thing was really bad. Uh, yes, a Braille was. bag was absolutely bad. and uh, mm-hmm. I remember that. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so, but within the last couple or so years, uh, we've seen a little bit better improvement in Braille bag, of course. So I'm absolutely sure that things are just going to get better. So we just have to be patient. We've, if we've waited this long, we should still be able to wait for a little bit longer. Right. At least they're not playing us annoying hold music while we wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so, and I think so, a good sign that things are improving is the on-screen Braille keyboard. That just sort of came up out of nowhere. And to me, it's a sign that 
um, Brailbeck is uh, has not been neglected. Yeah. So we'll be good. We'll be good. Things will get better. Now, I also would like to mention that on Samsung phones in particular, at least that's my experience. Um, when you have an on-screen Braille keyboard, uh, I think it happens with the Braille keyboard, talkback Braille keyboard. So um, when I have my fingerprint as like to unlock my screen and I restarted my phone, on Samsung phones, you have to enter your pin. So actually, um, it won't let you enter that even if you're using an on-screen keyboard, not all, not only with... Oh, really? The, yeah. Um, it will either go back to the Google keyboard if you're using the Tugback Rail keyboard, um, but if you're using the um, ABK, you'll get stuck. <laughs> sometimes, actually, it doesn't know where to go, so sometimes it goes to the Samsung keyboard, sometimes it doesn't, which is, mm. I think, is a problem. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just want to manage everybody's expectations. I've just checked this while Marion's talking. Uh, Warren said that Dave Milkett is doing a great job. I think we can set the bar lower. At least Dave Milkett is doing a job. The last time Brailleback was updated was May 2020. We ain't moving very yeah, that's, quickly. That's, that's folks. fairly recently, you know. Um, that's that's not too long ago. Uh, that's a year ago. It's eighteen months ago. Uh, come on, guys, yeah, give the guys a break. <laughs> yeah, but they've all been in lockdown. Why aren't they? Why haven't they been programming this stuff during lockdown? I mean, uh, you push know, push out anything else. <laughs> every other Android developers managing. If if that wasn't a Google app, Google would be writing to the developer going, "Come on, update your app. We're pulling it." it's on naught point something folks it's not even on version one wow wow <laughs> wow wowingtons yeah exactly yeah, dave is at least was... updating royalty or brlttty or however you pronounce it but you can yeah. tell it's on naught point something. I know you can. Some of the things that don't work properly. Well, well exactly. Well. And I mean, that's what that means. It means that it's technically not a real a stable release when I it's know. before. And how long is it not being a stable release, Anna? Uh, well, uh, how long forever. has it not been a? Yeah, lots of years. Lots of years, but things are happening. Trust They're me. They're not. Trust me. It's 18 months. Away. Would I lie to you? Would I lie to well, you? That's a TV show. Uh, uh, a fee, and a uh, song. A Here's the problem, though. We, <laughs> yes, things are slow. Of course, not at the pace that we would like them to be. But I believe that these things are just going to get better. Because, again, like I said earlier, look back to where we came from. Come on, guys. Give those guys a little break, shall we? Brailleback is so bad that iOS Braille support is better. And iOS Braille support <laughs> is rubbish, folks. So you came along. <laughs> yeah, but I like, Brailleback. I know that you use it because you have to, but iOS Braille support is bad. Like, it's bad. And Brailleback's worse. <laughs> Yeah, oh, but I'm okay. not taking my laptop to church. I do I do the same thing in church. So I read the lesson we've given Brailleback a lot of bidding today, guys. We've just bid Brailleback up, down, left and right. <laughs> yeah, Google are big enough to take it. <laughs> I think so. Uh, anyway, so, so, so we started to talk about Braille keyboards. Anna touched on the TalkBack Braille keyboard. Now I am going to demonstrate... 
what will be the first in a series on the advanced Braille keyboard. Hello everyone, I'm Ed Green and this week I'm going to be demonstrating the app Advanced Braille Keyboard. I had thought I could cover the app's features in one demonstration, but to be honest, there's so much in it that I think I'm going to return to it in future podcast episodes. This week, I'll tell you a little bit about the app. We'll set it up and I'll go through some of the settings. And then in future episodes, I'll explore its functionality a little further. So what is Advanced Braille Keyboard? Um, as its name suggests, it is a way to write Braille uh, on your Android device. Uh, many of you will be familiar with the TalkBack Braille keyboard, which is a nice innovation and it's great that it exists, but uh, it is pretty limited in functionality. Um, Advanced Braille keyboard has a rich array of features. Uh, first of all, it supports many, many languages, both through its built-in Braille engine and also the LibLewis Braille tables with which you might be familiar. Uh, Jaws, I think, switched to using those as well. Or LibLouis, I'm not quite sure what the pronunciation ought to be. Probably LibLouis as Louis Braille is French. Uh, so... Uh, uh, many languages are supported by LibLui, and hence incorporating that into Advanced Braille Keyboard means that it supports many, many languages, both modern and ancient. There's even Sanskrit, if you want to write in Sanskrit Braille uh, and explore that. Um, it supports Braille screen input in the usual uh, two methods, so uh, tabletop or laptop layout, as they call it, or screen away mode, uh, or uh, I think two hand outward is how Advanced Braille Keyboard uh, describes that method. So that is supported. You can also enter Braille with a hardware QWERTY keyboard, should you wish to. So the home row will become your Braille keys, so FDS, uh, one, two, three, JKL, four, five, six. So if you want to write Braille hardware, uh, yeah, with a hardware keyboard, there's no, there's no need to invest in a, in a dedicated Braille hardware keyboard unless you particularly want to if you have this app. The other really nice thing that the app does is it has quite powerful editing features. So you can move your cursor around, you can cut, you can select text uh, both uh, by selecting all, uh, and you can you, you can mark uh, places in the text where you want to select it. You can you can cut and copy it. Uh, so all sorts of things you can do with this that you can't do with the uh, Talkback Braille keyboard. It also lets you uh, customize and add uh, Braille tables. It's using Blue, so that is open source, and you can do that uh, uh, in the app and uh, add, you know, copy different Braille tables to your device in the right folders, and it will use those um, Braille tables. And it also has a, a map function if you want to understand sort of key maps and bindings uh, for your particular Braille language. So hugely powerful apps. I've kind of app. I've kind of skated over its features there, really. And as I say, I want to return to uh, some of them in a second, possibly a third uh, demonstration. I might be able to get it done in two, but uh, yeah, there's certainly more I think to cover uh, than uh, I can do justice to in one episode. It's not a free app. Uh, it's £10 in the uh, Play Store in the UK. I'm guessing the dollar equivalent will be, uh, you know, or the dollar price will be roughly equivalent, perhaps a little more. Um, but I, ho I hope you get the sense from that feature set that, uh, you know, uh, that there is a lot here that you don't get uh, with the TalkBack Braille keyboard, particularly, I suspect, with our listenership, uh, the different languages that this supports where English might not be the only language you want to write in. 
it's enough from me. I'm now going to uh, unlock my phone and we'll... There we go. So I have uh, uninstalled the app and reinstalled it. I could have cleared its cache and data, but uh, I chose to do it this way. Uh, so hopefully when we set it up, uh, uh, we will be starting from scratch. So I'm going to open the app now. Allow advanced braille keyboard to record audio while using the app button. Double tap to activate. So I'm going to allow its various permissions. I think it must have voice input as well. I haven't I haven't actually explored that, but uh, I can't see why else it would want to record audio. Allow advanced braille keyboard to access photos, media and files on your device. Allow button. We want it to do Double that. Tap to activate. It needs to access its braille tables. Otherwise, it's not going to be in right lot of use. Um, you know, we want it to be able to do other things as well. Advanced Braille Keyboard. Enable Braille Keyboard. Button. Double so, tap to activate. as with any keyboard, we need to we need to go and enable it in keyboard settings. I'll do this now. Just double tap on this. Manage on screen keyboards. Back. Button. So Double we're in our usual keyboard settings dialog here. So I'm just going to uh, explore this. Manage on screen keyboards. Search settings. Board. Multilingual typing. On. Talkback rail keyboard. On. Advanced rail keyboard. Off. This Switch. is what we want. It's currently Double tap off. To activate. Attention. This input method may be able to collect all the text you type, including personal data such as passwords and credit card numbers. It comes from the app advanced rail keyboard. Before use, you should read their privacy policy, terms of user guidelines, if applicable. Use this input method, out of list. Synchro Cancel. OK button. We do want to use Double the input method, activate. so I will hit OK. Note, after a reboot, this app can't start until you unlock your phone. Cancel. But OK button. Fine. Manage on-screen keyboards. Advanced rail key. Back button, out of list. So I'm now going to hit navigation bar. Back the back button, button here, Double and uh, uh, that will take us press. Back to uh, the permissions it needs. Please enable APK accessibility overlay. Accessibility. Back button. Accessibility. Search settings. Services. Heading. APK screen overlay off. So we Double want to turn to this on, and we're going to get another warning. APK screen overlay. Back button. Out of APK screen overlay. New service. Off. Switch. And list. Allow APK screen overlay to have full control of your device. Full control is appropriate for apps that help you with accessibility needs, but not for most apps. Out of list. View and control screen. It can read all content on the screen and display content over other apps. View and perform actions. It can track your interactions with an Apple hardware sensor and interact with apps on your behalf. Allow button. APK screen overlay. Use service on switch and list. And I'm going to hit Double the back button again to take us back into the app. Navigation bar. Accessibility. APK screen overlay on and list. Navigation bar, back, Do button, it again. Advanced Braille keyboard. Enable Braille keyboard, button. Switch to Braille keyboard, button. Set up Bluetooth keyboard, button. Settings, button. And it's settings I want to go to. Before I go much further, I should say that when you are using the keyboard, uh, if you are using TalkBack, you will need to suspend TalkBack uh, because the Braille screen input methods will uh, conflict with Explore by Touch. You don't have to uh, turn commentary off. Uh, commentary will take care of itself. So, um, yeah, but for TalkBack, uh, do have that shortcut uh, set up, the accessibility shortcut, so that you can toggle it off and on again uh, relatively straightforwardly with the, the volume buttons, uh, well, certainly on non-Samsung devices anyway. Uh, so, yeah, do, do you have that 
uh, enabled because, you, as I say, you will need to suspend TalkBack when using the Braille keyboard. For the remainder of this demonstration, I'm going to go through the settings. I, I want to set this up anyway because I've uninstalled it, so there's a sort of a point to do this. We're on the settings already, so I'll double tap. Settings. Languages. Enlist. Languages is the top setting. This is quite important. I want to go in here. Languages. Start with default language. Not ticked. Tick box. Enlist. I do want to Double start. To I do want it to start in the default language, so I'll tick this. Select Braille Engine. Braille Engine. Set Livelous Engine Languages. Braille Engine. So Double we will select the Braille Engine. Cancel. So it is set Double to Liblui at the minute, which will give you more languages. Some of the Liblui Braille tables uh, can be a bit problematic. So, uh, for instance, there are issues with the UK uh, Standard English Braille or Sensible English Braille, as I call it, uh, Grade 2 table. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I think I am going to stick with Liblui and see how we go. But I could choose ABK if I wanted to. Uh, so I'm happy with Liblui. Cancel. AB ticked. So I'm going to back out of Navigation that. Bar. Languages. Braille engine enlist. Set Liblui's engine languages. So we'll set the Liblui engine language now. Set Liblui's engine languages. Set default language enlist. Default language. Double tap to activate. Tick the required languages given below. Spanish grade 2. Ticked. Tick box. So below default is some secondary languages we can have if we want. So if you if you do enter multilingual Braille, uh, then you will want to check some secondary languages in this list. But I'm going to concern myself with the default language just for now. Default language. Cancel. Turkish grade one. Enlist. So it's landed us pretty randomly in the middle of the list. I'm not quite sure what that's about, but we've landed on Turkish. Um, I'll swipe up to English just to give you a flavour of some of the languages. If I get bored, I'll scroll, but um, uh, just to give you a flavour of what it supports. Swada grade one, Tibetan grade one, Telugu grade one, Tamil grade two, Tamil grade one, Swedish grade one, Swedish computer 1996, Swedish computer 1989, Swedish 1996 standard. Well, the Swedes change their braille code a lot, don't they? Spanish grade two, Spanish computer, Spanish, Soto grade one, Sarani Kurdish grade one. Slovenian 8. Computer Braille, Slovene Grade 1, Slovak Official, Slovak Grade 1, Sinhala, Sydney Grade 1, Simplified Chinese, Serbian Grade 1, Sanskrit Grade 1, Russian Literary. There's Double your Sanskrit lick. Russian Grade 1, Russian Computer, Russian, Romanian, Punjabi Grade 1, Portuguese Grade, Portuguese Grade 1, Portuguese Computer, Portuguese Brazil Grade, Portuguese Brazil, Polish Grade 1, Polish Computer, Persian Computer, Persian, Poly, Korea Grade 1. Norwegian great, Norwegian great, Norwegian great one, Norwegian literary, Norwegian literary, Norwegian generic, Norwegian computer braille, Nepali great one. So Double this is the benefit of Libli, I guess. All these braille tables. Munda, Mongolian great, Mongolian great, Marwari, Marathi great one, Maori braille, Manipuri great one. Maori there for uh, New Zealanders. Maltese, Malayalam great three, Malayalam great, Malayalam great, Malay great two, Malay great one, Lithuanian eight, Lithuanian, Latvian great one, Korean. I think you get the point. Lots of languages, uh, some of which I've never even heard of. So let's do a little bit of a scroll. German computer braille, synchronized French computer braille, English UK grade one, English UK grade two. That was a fortuitous bit of scrolling. I didn't think I'd land that accurately, but there we are. Uh, English grade two is what I want. Set language, default language, enlist. 
Double dab, dab, so that is set. Might be quite nice if it told me what it was. Uh, uh, I think I'd like to see it do that. But nevertheless, I have confidence that I've set it properly. Set the fold manual. So I'm going to back out. Bar. Up and only grade one. But we could, we, we could go Double and set some secondary activate. languages, as I said. So. And only manual. Awazi grade one. Asamese grade one. Not ticked. Armenian. Not ticked. Arabic grade two. Arabic grade one. Arabic computer grade. Afrikaans grade two. Afrikaans grade one. Unified English grade two. Ticked. Tick box. I don't need any other Double languages, so I'm going to uncheck these. Unified English grade one. Ticked. Spanish grade two. Ticked. Tick the required languages given below. So Spanish and UEB, it defaulted to having ticked. I don't want them. So I've unticked them. Let's back R, out Mac, here. Languages. Set Lipless Engine Languages and list. I've done that. Set built-in engine languages. Double tap there are fewer built-in engine languages. Let's just go have a little look in here to see what you've got. Set built-in engine languages. Set default language and list. Default language. We'll do that again. Go into default. Ticked. English and list. Message. English grade two. Ticked. English. English, great so there's only one variant of English, you see, whereas had I explored, you know, we would have found, well, you heard about UEB, we would have found US English if I'd explored it. So not, not unreasonably, I think, given the extensive uh, support offered by LibLouis, uh, there is, uh, uh, you know, a limited number of languages in here. French, Georgian, German, Hindi, Hungarian, Italian, Kannada, Lithuanian, Malay, Malayalam, Nepali, Norwegian, numerical. So we've only got one Norwegian braille code, and we had approximately 750 million, I think, in the Liblui uh, selection. Uh, so I'll back out of this. But, uh, yeah, you've got good options here, too, if you don't like Liblui's braille tables. And as I said, there might be reasons you don't. So I shall back out. Navigation bar. Set built-in engine languages. Default language. Navigation bar. Set it. Languages. Set built-in engine languages. Enlist. I'll back out of here bar. again. Settings. Languages. Braille. Double tap Let's to go activate. have a look at the Braille options. Braille. Simple mode. Simplified Braille for kids and beginners by avoiding contractions and abbreviations. Not ticked. Tick box. Enlist. One hand mode. Type using one hand by separating Braille combinations of first and second half. First one, two, three turns to four, five, six. Not ticked. Tick box. So really Double useful if you aren't able to use both hands. It does have a one hand Braille mode. Conventional Braille mode. Follow same rules of Braille instead of a Nyko based. Ticked. Tick box. I think we Double do tap to conventional activate. braille. Space to expand abbreviation. Ticked. Tick box. Auto insert space after abbreviation. Ticked. Tick box. Capitalize first character of sentence. Ticked. Tick box. Capitalize first character of line. Not ticked. Tick box. So quite a lot in there. Navigation I'll back out. Settings. Braille. And lift. Braille screen input. Double braille tap screen to input. We want to have a look at this. Braille screen input. General. And list. Braille screen type. Change the way of arranging buttons representing dots. Braille type. Change the number of dots. Literary 6 or computer 8. Double command hold delay. Change milliseconds to become combination to command. Transparency. Change Braille screen transparency to view written text. Privacy. Not ticked. Tick box. Double tap so to there's activate. A, there's a screen curtain or uh, privacy mode here. You can activate that with a gesture as well. Play letter typing sound. Not ticked. Tick box. Do you want it Double to, tap to activate. Uh, uh, play a noise when you type a letter? If you don't, there's no haptic and it's entirely silent. You are literally just tapping on a screen. It will feel like service. you are uh, tapping on a you know a locked screen for all the response you've got, assuming you've got touch to wake disabled, obviously. So you won't you won't get anything uh, by way of sound or uh, haptic if you don't tick this.
The door gesture direction, not picked, tick box. Haptic feedback, not picked, tick box. So we can have, have haptics without letter sound. I think I'm going to do that. Speech, speech, tick, tick box. Double text to speech engine. Double tap to activate. So we can use whatever text to speech engine we want, uh, either system default or set another one. It'll show all your installed TTSs if you go in here. Typing echo. Double tap to activate. So typing echo is either off characters, words, or both, which I think is really handy. Speak password, not ticked, tick box. Uh, Double tap uh, to activate. You can have it speak passwords if you want. High pitch. Always announce welcome message, ticked, tick box. Uh, there's Double a welcome message. That is when the keyboard itself is displayed. Obviously, we're in the app at the minute and we didn't get a welcome message. So that, that relates to when the keyboard becomes available. Customize touch hold commands. Customize gesture commands. Synchronizing data with storage service. Double tap to act. Navigation bar. Settings. Braille screen and physical keyboard. I don't Double use a physical activate. keyboard, so I'm not going to go in there. Advanced settings. Sounds. Double tap Let's look at advanced settings. settings. Advanced settings. Change following options very carefully and list. Braille screen input gesture sensitivity. Change the discrimination between typing and swiping. An increase will prioritize swipe over typing. Braille screen input gesture drag length. Change minimum swipe length for recognizing gestures. So we won't navigation bar with that at anything. Settings. We should have the warning. Sounds. Secondary keyboard. Sounds. So we've got sounds. I'll have a quick look in here. Sounds. Set sound theme and list. Theme. Set each sounds. Opening. Calibrated. Not assigned. Type. Type uppercase. New line. Closing. So you can have all sorts of different sounds for when it does different things, if that's what you want. Navigation bar. Come out of Settings. here. Sounds. Secondary keyboard. So secondary Double keyboard. Tap to activate. There are various things you can do. You can you can close it, or you can move to next keyboard uh, with a gesture. So that uh, moving to next gesture will determine uh, whether it does in fact move to a next keyboard, or whether it brings up a list of keyboards. I think I do want it to move to a keyboard. I want it to move to Gboard without asking me every time. I don't think I'll want to switch from this to the Talkback Rail keyboard, for instance. So I'm going to go and change this. Cancel. Ticked, show keyboard selector, and list. Last used keyboard. Ticked, show keyboard selector. Settings, secondary keyboard, and list. Voice input. Restore the default settings. Voice input, secondary keyboard. Sounds. Advanced setting. Sound, secondary keyboard. Say so secondary keyboard, it closed Cancel. me out when I Ticked, did that. show keyboard selector, and list. Last used keyboard. Settings. Secondary keyboard and list. Ah, that's why. Double so tap to um, activate. it was. It, they were radio buttons, not checkboxes. So I could either have uh, show a list of keyboards or last use keyboard. Those are my options. I can't actually go in and set it to switch to a specific keyboard unless it was the one I last used. I think that's fair enough. Uh, uh, I tend to use. Well, I used to use uh, Gboard and Talkback Braille keyboard. Now I'm going to switch between this and Gboard most of the time. So I'm happy that it does that. Voice input. We're going to have a look at voice input. You'll remember that it asked if we wanted to record audio. Digital assistant app. Back. But digital assistant app. Search settings. Default digital assistant app. Google and list. Settings. Button. Use text from screen. Allow the assist app to access the screen contents as text. On. Switch. Use screenshot. Allow the assist app to access an image of the screen. On. Switch. Flash screen. Flash edges of screen. When assist app accesses text from screen or screenshot. Off. Assist apps can help you based on information from the screen that you're viewing. Some apps support both launcher and voice input services to give you integrated assistance. Back. Button. Out of list. 
I don't quite. I haven't really explored it enough to know quite how we would use voice input in that scenario. Unless it's that it will let you braille into the uh, assistance app instead of speaking to it. Could well be, uh, but I, I probably need to do a little bit more uh, digging into that to see what it what it does. Restore the default settings. And we can restore defaults if we weren't careful and didn't heed its warning uh, in the advanced settings. So uh, those are the settings, and I am going to leave it there this week. And next week, we will look at typing and editing. I've got to say, I'm quite impressed by this app. Um, It does a lot more than I thought it did, and I'd like to thank the developer uh, for very generously giving uh, me a coupon code so that I could demonstrate the app for free. As I said in the demo, it's it's um, you know it's a ten pound app, but it is also uh, an editor, uh, uh, and it allows you to braille on a on a qwerty keyboard. So you don't necessarily need a braille keyboard in order to be able to write braille. So uh, you know a, a very nice uh, app with with a huge number of languages supported. I've I've got to say I was quite impressed. Have any Mariam, you use it, don't you, or you have it? Yeah, I use the advanced Braille keyboard, especially because um, it's kind of, I think, much easier and it's actually more flexible, I would say. Uh, And also with the editing gestures, like you could copy and paste and everything. I I do like it. Now, there is a chance to win uh, 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 a redeemable code for uh, for the advanced Braille keyboard. Um, we are going to offer one lucky winner um, uh, access to this app. As I say, it costs about $10, 11 or 12 did you say? Uh, sorry, £10, 11 or $12, did you say, Warren? It's eleven ninety nine. yeah, $12 to be yeah. precise. So, so in order to be able to uh, uh, win this, please email us at contactus at blindandroidusers.com and let me know which screen reader do you not have to suspend in order to be able to use the advanced Braille keyboard. Which screen reader do you not have to suspend in order to be able to use the advanced Braille keyboard? The first lucky winner will get a code. I'll tell you what, if we're running if we're running six to four the field, I'm backing Martin Brown to win this. He has won our last two competitions. He's a speedy Gonzalez off the mark boy. I might be wrong. Someone else might get it. Mm. But uh, uh, he has been successful in our last couple. And now a word from our sponsor, the world's most trusted WordPress backup restore and clone plugin. Hacking, server crashes, dodgy updates, or simple user error can ruin your WordPress site. That is why you need AppDraft Plus. Install AppDraft Plus to protect your WordPress-powered site by visiting updraftplus.com. That's updraftplus.com. U-P-D-R-A-F-T-P-O-U-S dot com. We thank Updraft Plus for sponsoring this episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. For our spotlight section this week, I'm delighted to say that we're joined by Nimish and Suryanshu, developers of the ICAN app, uh, which is currently in beta. Welcome, guys. How are you today? I'm doing, I'm doing fine. How are you, Ed? Oh, all well, all well here. Slightly grey day on a, on, a, on a Sunday lunchtime in London, but all well. Uh, Nimesh, can you, can you tell us a little bit about uh, ICANN, where, where the idea came from and, and what the app does? All right, sure. 
So the story goes along the path when I was interning in a company, and this was uh, in my second year of college. And just to give you a context, me and Suryanshu are the batchmates, and we have just completed our graduation almost uh, two months back. So I was interning in a tech-based company, and uh, there I was researching on this deep technology, deep technology that deals with object detection data. And I something felt like, yeah, uh, object detection data is something which is very scale. And if we wanted to do for some some category of users, not just for blind users, you have to generate your own data. Now that's where the idea kicks in the mind, and the idea was very simple, and we had to provide outdoor navigation in a sense that a person or a blind person could be able to just identify the object. Uh, what is the object coming in front of him? Second, uh, at what distance the object is coming, and third, what he has to do. Uh, let's say he he's walking a, a footpath and an object is coming. Let's say a person is coming on a ten feet, eight feet, five feet, etc. And what a person has to do, like he has to just stand, move right or move left. So this was the idea that we want to make a visually impaired people uh, can move out independently without any support uh, beyond their own. So with this idea, we have started this icon and yeah. So. Long story short, this was the idea that kicks in the mind. That that's great. And and you said you were interning in a in a tech company, I think. And sorry, Anshu, what, what's your background? Uh, so while the uh, Nimesh was interning in you know the uh, the tech company, I was here working doing volunteership in organizations, youth organizations like ISEC and Rotract. Where I was, you know, uh, from the very beginning, I was very keen to work for social sectors. So I chose to, you know, start working for volunteer organizations. And now I did a lot of events with them. And you know, from the very beginning, the youth organizations are my thing. That you know, working with team, you know, creating an impact, creating a difference in the world was uh, my, you know, keen interest from the very beginning. And uh, side by side, we were also. Uh, Understanding the business as we were doing bachelor's of business administration. So yeah, uh, excellent. That's good to hear. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about um, ICANN as it, as it stands now? Obviously, you talked about uh, you know navigating, uh, walking down footpaths, getting to know sort of you know the object data where the object is. C- can you talk to us about the, the feature set that ICANN has at the minute? What what can the app currently do? Sure, 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 sure. Okay, so I'll talk about it. Two segments. Uh, I think after after me complete, so that you can add on to. So it, uh, right now the current offering has established into three parts. So basically, we provide uh, three uh, big features, big category. First of all, maps, in which a user can use. Uh, let's say a user wants to go to any location, A from A to point B. So uh, in our application, this is totally visually compatible. He can easily access to our application. Second thing is that the surrounding, surrounding into which we tell a user ki what is coming in front of them. We can tell you ki what is the particular object. Let's say that smartphone is a watch, is a laptop, anything like that. Although, or, or you can just click a picture and it will tell you ki, uh, what is happening in a surrounding. For example, like two person on a bike are moving forward, etc. And the third category is the read feature. Read feature is something like that, which is very uh, essential or important for a visually impaired. This is the completely necessary. So in our application, a person can read a text, let's say book, hard book, newspapers, etc. 
he can play around with the pdf like he can just multi language uh, in the pdf segment he can uh, move to different different pages uh, and the third option is that he can play around with the image segment like he can just share the image from whatsapp telegram or any other application to our application and it can just read out the what is the information presented so uh, this is the current offering which uh, we are giving right now and so don't you would you like to add something in it sure nimesh so uh, like nimesh rightly mentioned about all the features and you know the read uh, how a person you know can play with the documents so it's our daily needs that how a particular man can, uh, starts his day for example he needs a newspaper he reads a lot of documents he wants to if a student is there he reads a lot of he, his whole education depends on these documents so that was the very first motive uh, to introduce this feature wherein a person can read the document and while reading the document we make sure that he gets that experience of education it's not just like you know the the uh, uh, the computer is just speaking out those words and all uh, we are trying to give them just an experience an audiobook experience basically wherein a person is understanding about and a person is taking an experience of what he is reading and uh, also we give translation fe feature because uh, it, uh, here in india most of the people speak hindi now uh, the most of the documents which are in english they can easily translate that they don't need anyone so uh, we here at i can believe that everyone should be independent in their own task and we are on a mission to make visually impaired independent now what we here try to do is that everything end to end things can be translated so that a person doesn't need anybody even his family members to translate anything to understand anything if he has he or she has the documents he can rightly understand okay what is written and all so with and also we try to uh, fix something wherein a person can also understand uh, what's what's in the image so in with i can a person can also read an image what's so most of the people are used to send good morning quotes uh, or the motivational quotes they can also read that from i can using osia so uh, these are some of the features and uh, about maps a person can also use maps to uh, you know go through nearby places there's a feature maps uh, for example we have rightly uh, placed and rightly uh, segmented all the important places we can say banks atms hospitals or uh, you know religious places whatever a person used a person with single click can and get the directions and uh, also a visually impaired person needs to understand his current location from time to time so with i can it is also possible that he can also you know uh, understand about what are the uh, what is his current location by time to time what, where is he standing right now if he is traveling he should know that where he is going and uh, yeah ramesh if you if you want to add about something this so add this is the current offering which we are giving to our users Oh, that's, yeah. yeah, that's really good, and and there's a lot to get into there. Well, the, you mentioned the translation thing, and uh, and you know that must be really powerful because it saves uh, people having to get documents translated or explained to them. What what engine are you using for that? Is that Google Translate or is it something else? Uh, so all the services that Icon is currently using for translation services, uh, uh, we have developed in Icon from the scratch. So we are not reliant on it, but body services as of now. Oh, so 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 it does it itself. That that, that that's really good. 
And when you're when, when you're trying to read a document or to scan it, do, do you get guidance from the app so that you know where you have to hold your camera or if you need to move it a little bit so it can see the document? Uh, well, add this is the feature which we want you to integrate. And as of now, I can tell you the current solution that I can is in beta stage. And there are a couple of like in a list I can, if I do the addition that total feature comes up to a figure of 150 plus features. This feature is include uh, the, the feature which you are telling right now, the basically it is called as edge detection and yeah. we will add in a month or so to our application. Oh, excellent! No, I think that 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 will be really good. And when you when you when you do the uh, the maps uh, and and you, and you know you, you go into the category and you look at uh, uh, religious services and then you then you start to navigate to it. Do, do, does does ICANN guide you there, or does does it sort of hand you over to to Google Maps or something like that? What what does ICANN do, and what does Google Maps do in that process? All right. So basically, there are two parts of it. Now, uh, for a person, for a visually impaired person, uh, first, he needs to find a location in an application. So that is where ICANN comes into the way. Like, uh, we have made a so visually compatible environment, or should I say talkback compatible uh, screens. That is why any person can just figure out, he, let's say, he, if he wants to go to restaurant, if he wants to go to hotel, search for any, any other places, he can do that. Once a user has figured out where he wants to go, just click on this button and it will be redirected towards Google Maps. And when it's directed to Google Maps, it's going to just speak out, okay, let's say, if you want to take left, you're going to take right. So we're going to say to our users, sir, you just have to uh, do three clicks in a button and you will get to your destination. So this is the process of I can do. Brilliant. So you set up where you want to go in ICANN and then the directions to that place you get from Google Maps. Got it. Yeah. And, and I think you mentioned, uh, you know, the idea for this came about wanting users to be able to know where things were, you know, on footpaths or something was traveling towards you. Is that implemented yet? Is that is that the surroundings feature or how, how would that work if you want to turn that on? Uh, so basically, for that situation, uh, what we have done is we have uh, run a beta test in our surroundings in our local area only with a few of the visually impaired people. Uh, we wanted to check this out key, uh, in the testing level how it's going to perform. We are not talking about the production level, we are just talking about it in the testing environment. And the testing environment results are so far so good. And we want to launch it, but before that, we are applying towards paid because this is something, this is a really uh, a big feature and uh, nobody is doing this. So we thought, hey, let's apply for the patent and uh, uh, after some time, let's say in the January or February, the coming year, we will, we will launch that feature. Oh, brilliant. So, so, so you're testing it, you're sort of testing it locally at the minute. And then uh, once all that's sorted and it's patented, you'll be able to, you'll be able to roll it out. Got it, got it. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's really interesting. What one one of the things that we we like to ask uh, at app developers, particularly where something like OCR is involved and you might be scanning personal documents, how much stuff is done on the phone itself, done offline, and how much is done online and you know sent to servers. So let's talk about how other users, where other users coming from. 
So mostly 70% of the crowd crowd is coming from uh, overseas and 30% crowd crowd is coming from Indian regions, right? And India in India, basically you require overall you require two languages, Hindi and English language. And in the overseas, you require many other languages like French, uh, German, Arabic, etc. etc. So for the 30% crowd, we have enabled that if you do OCR, the processing will happen in the phone itself. That is an offline processing, right? But uh, if you do some other languages, let's say Arabic, uh, uh, French, etc., German, etc., then it will require an online server. That is going to happen uh, with the uh, uh, servers, like the, uh, the third-party services, which uh, are providing those services like German and French other. It will happen to those emails. So right now, 30% crowd uh, is done totally offline. 70% crowd uh, is done through the online mediums. So that is how we do that. So if I've got if I've got my English uh, newspaper or my English bank statement, I OCR that that's gonna that's gonna get processed on my phone offline, is it? Yeah, correct. We are actually uh, quite uh, speedily moving on that. Expectly, we want to make it uh, uh, on the phone based itself because, uh, and to be honest, I feel now that although uh, the world is growing uh, with the speed of five G, but although some of the areas doesn't have a proper internet connectivity. And in, in yeah. that area, if a person wants to do an OCR or do, want to access any kind of feature, then he requires an active connection. And we moving forwards at this mission, we want to make this application like maximum offline. So we are quietly and speedily moving towards that area. Great, that's really good. Uh, before I carry on, I've got I've got a few more questions. Austin, have you got any questions? Yeah, I've got a lot of questions. The first thing is. In the reading section, does I I can uh, do hand handwriting recognition? Okay, so <laughs> let me just talk about uh, a, a bit uh, technical. So what happened that uh, that couple of options available in the outsource expert, but actually uh, those are not reliant or those that don't give you the best accuracy. If we integrate those options in the I can right now, then we for a count we may have that feature. But in actual cases, the accuracy is very low. Now, let me tell you something very special of IKEA. Uh, I'm sure every everybody over here uh, are aware of that process of how object detection works. Right? Uh, like we collect some lakhs of images of one object and we label those images and then we train a computer to recognize those images. Right? Uh, this is a very lengthy process and this gives you the best accuracy. And in I can we have something that a user can just simply click a picture of any any size object. The image will be uploaded to our server or right now in the your phone. And within just 30 seconds or one minute, your model will be ready. So we are just uh, from the scratch, we are building this model. And you have mentioned the point of handwritten recognition, right? So we are building an, our own database. Right. We're going to train our own models and after some time, we're going to implement to our users that will going to have maximum to maximum accuracy. So this is the workflow that for 100 recognition we're opting. So my next question is, does in the nearest nearby places, does I can, I can use any database or something? Because when I was trying the app in the morning, a lot of places in my area were missing. They were not shown on the... Yeah. 
delicious. That's right. That's right. So, so basically, for that, uh, we are using third-party services. Uh, we are using a database provided by the Google only, and we're just fetching the results out of it. So, a lot of time, what happens now? The latency rate is very low, and although uh, we're gonna soon update on that part, I think there was some bug coming in our application. Many users have reported those bugs, and in a day also, we're gonna update those uh, bugs. And yeah, so maximum data is provided by the Google right now. And my last question is: some when you open the app, the app asks you for your Google account first. That is okay, natural. But the app afterwards asks you for your phone number. So is there any reason for that? Yeah, that's a that's a we have a valid reason for that. I think Suraj, would you like to take that question? Sure, Nimesh. Okay, uh, so there's a thing uh, in ICANN that uh, we are more focused on providing customer support to all the users. And uh, we have a, a this very feature in ICANN where a person can request to call when a person is not understanding about the basic features of ICANN and he is trying to uh, understand about the application. We have put in there a feature called request to call wherein a person can request to call and can connect with the team so that if he or she is getting a problem can be solved. Now, when he clicks on request to call, sometimes it happens that he forgets to write the correct number or he leaves that blank. So it leaves, you know, it leaves for the problem for the team to call him or her as a, you know, to make them understand what is the problem. So that is the reason that we have initiated this, that a person can add a phone number so that even if he or she can request a call for something, then he gets a direct call. He doesn't have to, you know, add something the numbers and all so that there's no uh, need of you know adding that number while request a call so i think that answers your question actually uh, i would also like to add a point over here we had this uh, system uh, integrated in ICANN. so let's say if any user application crashes right the system is gonna give us the alert he, that system that user application has been crashed and to give the best customer support, what we guys have thought initially, okay, we're gonna call uh, users to whatever numbers is possible, and we're gonna tell the users, okay, sir, this has been reported, your application has been crashed, and we're gonna soon update that application. So it's gonna also make a good relation between the users and the company. So that is why we are uh, in the first place asking uh, a phone number for a user. And although I think that is not, that is just an option, that is not compulsory although. So yeah, that was also one of the reasons. Okay, thanks, Austin. And uh, no, really, really interesting to hear about hear about that. I think it's good that you're not sort of having to having to enter a number for a call back and it can just be just be pulled down as long as it's the the the, the device you want to be you phoned on. Yeah, that's that's probably quite helpful. I had a couple more questions. One was about the the, the user interface and the design of that. I, I see you've gone for you know you've got you've got the categories on the screen and you double tap to expand them. I, I, I just wondered whether 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 you'd considered any other options. You know, a lot, I know a lot of apps have sort of tabs on the bottom of the screen, and then you have the uh, you know the 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 in focused uh, tab contents above that. I, I was just wondering. What had, what had guided you towards the UI design you'd gone for? Uh, so in the UI design, this was very simple from the initial days that we want to give our users uh, to the best what they like, not what we like, we yeah. as a company like, right? 
so now uh, let me tell you something ki in the three months of uh, spam period we have changed our ui twice right now the ui that you are seeing is the most uh, loved ui from the users that that they are appreciating before that we had another ui like uh, we had every screen and you have to swipe right to shift to another segment another feature right so that was something a users was like hey, sir this is not working can you just change it it's not very quick so we thought something else we want to create something that users love and users can easily indicate and right now at the design is so simple that you don't you can access any feature in a in less, less than a second yeah so this this gives us uh, the uh, experiment we want to just experiment out the what is working and what is not working so yeah this was the mind behind and it's really good that you're that adaptable and flexible that you can change the UI so quickly after feedback. And it's, uh, you know, it's come, you achieved an incredible amount in, in just the three months. Uh, my second to last question, and I noticed that the, uh, you know, the, I think your original intention was to have a subscription model for the app, but you've uh, had a very generous donation or sponsorship for one of your users, Mr. Sengupta. And I was wondering if you could tell me about that, how that came about and about, about the, the man who sort of sponsored it or, you know, made that donation to make it possible for the app to be free. Okay. So basically you want to ask, okay, I got a question. So uh, I'll speak a bit about it. And also uh, want Suryanshu, if you can add to my point. So what happens now, he, uh, and we are running a startup, right? And we are dealing with the visually impaired segment and uh, what to my, what, to, to what extent my learning is sees like, uh, in this NGO segment, everybody wants uh, in the cost of free. Nobody, very less people wants to just pay for the cost, right? And when we are just approaching to the investors, we want to raise the first round of ICANN. The investors has given us the feedback that uh, if you can generate a money, if you can generate a revenue from this uh, uh, this segment, this NGO segment, bang on, your, your startup is going to just boom on, right? So for the just test out whether users can pay a money or not. What we have done is we have done a small experiment under which a user can just pay 50 rupees per month, 50 rupees Indian currency for one month and 150 rupees for a quarterly. And they're going to have like full access to the application. So we have just tested this out and the results are pretty amazing. Like uh, we have not forced the users or we have not limited the users. Although it has happened many extents, like user has just called us and they was like, sir, we don't want to pay right now. Can we just extend a, a validity like a month or so? And we're like, sir, no issues. We can extend your validity. And there were some users which was like, okay, sir, like I, I just love your application in just a single day of usage. And they are paying the full amount or, or they are requesting to pay the full amount for the year or so. So we have encountered with both of the users. Now, this was the segment like uh, the features that we are providing right now, the maps, the surrounding and the deep feature. We felt like this is the basic features and we at the back end are not, not recurring any cost. So why don't we just give it to the free of cost for users? So for that is why we have just uh, make the application free right now. And we also had this uh, premium services, which, which I was talking earlier, like for which we have applied for the you know, and all that features. This is the pro feature. So this will be coming in the next financial year. So this is how the payment structures work for the item. Uh, so Lanshu, would you like to take this forward? 
Yeah, sure. Now, uh, Nimesh rightly said about how we encountered it. Both of the users where where somebody wants to pay the full amount, and at the same time, a person doesn't even like that uh, application consists of a subscription. That is a recurring subscription. Now, uh, while uh, so uh, our initial motive was like we wanted to develop an application which is actually easing their day-to-day -day lives. Now, to understand this, we needed a lot of testers, or, or we can say a lot of users who are using the application. And uh, to uh, to make this possible, we and me and Amish, you know, take this took this decision about whether it incurs a lot of cost. Uh, but we took this decision so that a lot of users can enjoy the application while it's free and also give us the suggestions. So we had, I can like, I, I, I mentioned it before also that we take suggestions and feedbacks very seriously. Uh, we try to answer each and every query. Even if, if you ask any ICANN user that who has put in a query, he knows that how we answer the queries. We use voice notes, we use audio interaction to most of the users to you know, uh, interact so that there's no miscommunication happening. So we were getting a lot of users, but uh, now uh, while we made the application free, we started getting international users also. Now, uh, before this, uh, so I'll, I'll take you to the flashback before making this application free, we were highly acting on LinkedIn about, you know, talking to new people, meeting to new people, so about sharing the ideas about the application. Now there were a lot of people who wanted to, you know, help to the cause. They were, you know, keen about helping us to about about this cause, about what we were doing here. So there was this uh, donor about Abhikyan Sen Gupta who, you know, met us uh, on LinkedIn. He, what, what, how, how do I put it? He was very interested about, you know, helping us with the journey about how we are helping visual impact. So we introduced this gift donate model wherein somebody can donate a subscription to other visually impaired so that everyone can use the application. So there are a lot of underprivileged uh, people who you know can't even afford a simple subscription, which is their basic needs. So that is the reason we introduced this gift and model subscription wherein a, a one person can pay for the other. Now, when Nimish put uh, this in front of users, they loved it. They started, you know, uh, you know, the most of the people who were capable of paying, they started at okay, I will donate for two people, and the other was saying I will donate for twenty people. So uh, it doesn't matter how much they pay, but they are helping to the cause. So this is how we, you know, uh, with the flow of events occurred, we understood that how we can, you know, make this gift and donate model successful. Yeah. So I think that answers your question. Ed. Yeah, it does. Thank you very much. I, I think that that's really powerful, being able to use donations to uh, support those that can't afford their own subscriptions. I, th I think that's good. Uh, although, as, as, as you say, you get, you get you get varying reactions, don't you, from, from different users. Some who want to, you know, they want to pay the annual or lifetime or whatever it is, you know, almost immediately. And then others who are a bit more, a bit more reluctant. Right. My, la my last question, and, and, and you've touched on it a little bit already, Nimesh, is 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 the future really? You, you talked about uh, edge detection for for reading. You've talked about um, uh, the you know the, the feature in surroundings where you'll have re location relative to objects. Is there anything else you want you want to trail? Any any other features that you're looking to implement as you move forward in the next few months? Uh in the pipeline there are a couple of features so you have just need a few of them but uh, we are actually planning to make a person let me just photo a picture in front of you so that you can visualize 
and you can only tell ki how many features are the plan right let's say if a person goes out of his home nobody is there to guide him right and he is on its now he has to identify at what time the bus is coming he has to catch a bus he has to go to his office from an elevator and he has to identify ki what in the elevator what the button is he wants he when he will go to his office uh he has to figure out ki what is the desk in front of him, uh, of him. and uh, another example would be let's say if a person goes to a grocery shop and he if he wants to shop anything he can just identify the products out of him and know ki what is the expiry date of the product and also could able to identify what is the currency can do all sorts of mathematical operations so basically long story short it is uh, uh, i can is not a product but uh, it's something which is a life of a user we we say to a user ki we are just not providing to our product to you we are giving an a uh, uh, virtual assistance to you that is going to help help you out in every way possible count currencies uh, identify colors identify buses can tell you real time buses timing and can identify numbers can identify seat you can just create your own object model in, in without anybody's help so uh, this is the journey of icon i i'm sure you can connect with me wow that that will be really powerful see see you want icon and the object model then to kind of grow and fit around the user's own needs then rather than you know being too being too predefined you want it to be able to kind of sit alongside the user's life as he or she wants to use it by the sounds of it yeah so i i suppose i i guess we are traveling in the same boat in the uh, thoughts of peter right yeah and i hope uh you know that 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 that's a really 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 powerful aim i think and if it can get there it'll 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 be great and as i say it's already you know in in, in the three months it's achieved uh, such a lot so do do check out uh, the app the links as ever or the link to the to the play store will be in the show notes nimish sriyanchu huge thanks to you two both for the app and for giving up your sunday evenings to come and talk about it that's been really insightful and we all i'm sure wish you wish you best of luck uh, and yeah users please do please do try the app and feedback to to the team about uh, what you think thanks very much guys our pleasure our pleasure it's it was great Thank talking so to you uh, uh edilas i just want to say thank you so much for the blind users android users community thank you so much ashni thank you so much at for giving this this international reach international support thank you so much thank you thanks a lot guys so to all the viewers listening to me and yeah. uh, listening to icon conversation yeah, yeah. Uh, the features that we gonna bring on i want to say one thing to the all the listeners that uh, it's just a, a spam of three months that we have entered into this field and uh, i know the application which you gonna use right now may be having got a box we you will be, you may be feeling like uh, this feature and that feature should be added to the feature i just want to make one conviction with you all that uh, we had around around 150 plus features in the pipeline and that we gonna release very very soon like we are releasing two to three features every month every month also fixing bug as soon as possible uh for the users you what you can do right now you can just access the application and let us know ki what are your feedbacks what can be added or what needs to be removed or what needs to be improved 
I personally believe the application can become a a, a life, not a product, uh, by your feedbacks. So, thank you so much having for having me, and uh, I'm just waiting for you all the feedbacks. So, yeah, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Next, we have our talk back highlights from Warren. Hi. As we continue with our theme of highlights from TalkBack, we come to the 11th installment. In our last installment, installment 10, we talked about how to label and label buttons using TalkBack. Today, in our 11th installment, we'll be talking about how to go about managing those custom labels. In other words, we'll be talking about how to export those things to a file or import those things when you reset your phone or when you are moving to a different phone and you want the same labels to be available to you on the apps that you had. For maximum compatibility to be sure that what I'm about to demonstrate will be available on all devices or just about every device out there, I am using an older device to be sure. I am therefore using the Pixel 2 XL. Today's voice is brought to us by Heather via the acapella group. I am now on my home screen and will now invoke the TalkBack menu and go to the TalkBack settings. Because I'm using a device that does not support a multi-finger gesture, I'll be drawing a line down and curving to the right to invoke the TalkBack menu. I will now draw a line down and curve to the right. TalkBack menu. Read from next item in list. Drawing that line and curving to the right with one finger brings up the TalkBack menu. What we need to go to next is to find an item here that says TalkBack Settings. Text-to-Speech Settings, TalkBack Settings. I will now tap here on TalkBack Settings. TalkBack Settings. Navigate up, button, audit list. After tapping on TalkBack Settings, what we need to do is scroll toward the bottom of the screen and find and tap on Advanced. Open TalkBack Advantatorial Advanced Settings. Advanced Settings is what we're looking for, and I will now tap on Advanced Settings. Advanced Settings. Navigate up. Button. Audit List. We are now on the page of the advanced settings, and what we're looking for here is an item that says Customize Labels, or something to that effect. I'll put my finger down near the top of the phone and go from there. Controls, Heading, Custom Labels. Custom Labels is what we want, and we tap here. Manage Custom Labels. Navigate Up, Button, Audit List. We are now on the page of custom labels, and here we have items like import, export, revert, and what labels we have in here. I'll put my finger down and show you what I'm talking about. Manage custom labels. Import custom labels button. Move my finger down. Export custom labels button. Move my finger down. Revert imported labels button. In other words, if I have imported some labels and all of a sudden I decided I don't want those labels, so I want to revert them back to their defaults, 
tapping here would then revert those things back and that imported labels will be gone. The last item here. Talk back, VLC, one, in list. In other words, it is telling me that I only have one customized label. And this is the VLC media player that we use in installment 10. Let's begin though by importing custom labels. In other words, we're going to pretend that we have labels saved at some other location and we will now go find those labels and import them. By the way, all your custom labels end with the extension .tbl. I will put my finger down and tap on Import Labels. Import Custom Labels button, audit list. Tap here. Recent. Show Roots button. By the way, if you have custom labels saved on your device, you could tap on where it says show roots. And from here, you could go choose the custom labels that you want to import. If, however, you have these custom labels on your Google Drive or some other cloud storage, then you'll have to navigate to that cloud storage. Let's first pretend that we have it saved somewhere on our device. Therefore, I will now tap on Show Roots. Menu. Open from. Tapping on Show Roots, we are asked where do we want to open it from. And of course, we want to go to our internal storage or maybe an SD card if your phone does have an SD card. Downloads. Let's say I have it in my downloads. I tab here. Downloads, enlist, files and downloads. No items. And I'm told that I do not have any files in my downloads, of course, because I don't have anything in my downloads. So I will now go back. Manage custom labels. Import custom labels button. This time, however, instead of going through my internal storage, I will go to my Google Drive. So I will tap on Import Labels again. Recent. Show Roots button. Instead of tapping on Show Roots, I will now find and tap on my Google Drive. Recent File Dropbox. We have Dropbox. Drive. Warcar at gmail.com. I'm going to tap on the Google Drive. Drive. Show Roots button. Tapping on Drive, we find the following. Files from drive slash warcar at gmail.com. My Drive, Row 1, Column 1, in Grid, 2 Rows, 2 Columns. I want to tab now on where it says My Drive. My Drive. Show Roots. Button. Audit Grid. Now that I have tapped on My Drive, I am now inside my G Drive, Google Drive. I do have a folder in my Google Drive dedicated to custom labels for TalkBack. I will find that folder and tap on it. Audio. Rockefeller. Row 2 and Mist Speak TTS. Voxigan. Back TalkBack labels. Row 4. Here's my TalkBack labels folder. I tap here. TalkBack labels. Show Roots. Button. Audit Grid. 
Tapping on talkback labels, if you have multiple that you have created in the past, you'll see those things here, especially what month you created them, and things like that. Putting my finger down, I find the following. January 20 underscore 2017 underscore talkback underscore custom underscore labels underscore 01202017.tbl 33.83 kilobits. January 20th, 2017. Row 1, column 1, in grid, 2 rows, 2 columns. In January 2017, I had uploaded some custom labels, and this amounted to like 30-something kilobits. If I move my finger to the right, I can preview those. Preview the file January 20 underscore 2017 underscore talkback underscore custom underscore labels underscore 01202017.tbl. I want to find a bigger file that I had. I know I had a bigger one in here, and that was created sometime back in February. Talkback underscore custom underscore labels underscore 02102018.tbl. 74.13 kilobits, February 10, 2018, column 2. I have some custom labels that I uploaded back on February the 10th, and that amounts to 74 kilobits. I will swipe to the right or move my finger to the right to the preview and tap on it to go to the preview. In other words, it's going to show me all the files that I contend in my .tbl file. Preview the file talkback underscore custom underscore labels underscore 02102018.tbl. I do want to mention here in passing that when we tap on the preview, it's going to show those things to you as text. And I do want to mention here also in passing that each of the labels begins with the word package. I'll now tab here. Current file is talkback underscore custom underscore labels underscore 02102018.tbl text drive. File type text. Out of grid. I am now on the page that has all those labels in a text format. I want to mention here in passing that near the top right corner we have the more options and tapping on that more options only pop up one item that says open with. I'm already showing the text, so I'm not going to bother myself about tapping on the more options and go choose as to what I would like to use in opening the file because the file is already opened. I will now put my finger down so that you'll hear what I'm talking about and it'll read all of the labels that I have. We're not going to go through all of that, but I just want to show you a quick example. Labels underscore ray, package underscore name, com.azure.authenticator. Package underscore signature, 868D38D12DDF79926C6AB50AD2C294D53A7F6BD, view underscore name, next, label underscore text, next, locale, n, package underscore version, 103, to stamp 15180661668622, package underscore name, com.idshower.readitlater.pro package underscore signature 48,252 BB5 for 39A7DF971A648,029E7CDF8 add 804 
view underscore name, menu, label underscore text, options, locale, and package underscore version, 60,603,002, to misstamp, 150. There you go. That's an example. So the last part of every label ends with the timestamp. It says timestamp because it's all written together. And so in other words, if you're trying to extract a particular single label that you would like to send to someone, if you've opened it up in a text format, you want to make sure you begin with where it says package and where it ends with timestamp and with the last numbers that correspond to that. That's how you go about isolating a particular label that you would like to send to someone. Or else, you just send the whole package and they will figure it out. If they have the apps, it will install it on their device. If they don't have the apps, it's not going to install it. Or rather, it wouldn't import those labels. I will now go back. Talk back labels. Preview the file talk back underscore custom underscore labels underscore 02102018.tbl. Now, if I want to import this label now, which is that of February the 10th. Talk back underscore custom underscore labels underscore 02102018.tbl, 74.13 kilobits. All I need to do here is tab here and the importation process will proceed. Let's tab here to import this file. Import custom labels to talk back. Choose whether you want to override or skip existing labels in the case of conflict, out of grid. Upon tapping on that import, we are told that we could choose, for example, if there are already existing labels that this file contains, we could choose to override or skip those files that or labels that already exist. And now, all that we need to do is either tap on override or skip. I will tap on Override. Override button. Manage custom labels. Import custom labels button. 331 labels updated. I am told that my importation was complete. If I put my finger down here, I will find all the apps that have those labels. I put my finger down. Talk back. Android system, four, in list. I have four Android system labels. Talkback, com. Text voice. Text voice egg, two. And? Talkback, Adobe scan, four. You got the drift. Talkback, Alaska, two. Talkback, com.alphainventor.filemanager, two. So you can see all the apps that I have labels for. And I could scroll and go through all of them for it. Talk, talk back. Mixed app dot and but method dot Latin. One. Talk back. Talk back. Tap tf dot ahar dot bible underscore commentary dot alsteg mafsalers. Three. Now that I have all these custom labels, if for some reason I decided that I do not want these custom labels anymore, all that needs to happen now is to simply tap on the one that says Revert Custom Labels. I'll put my finger down so you know what I'm talking about. Revert Imported Labels button. All you have to do is tap on this button, which is found just below the Export Custom Labels. Above that, we see Export Custom Labels button. And below, 
Revert imported labels button. So all I need to do here is simply tap. I do want to mention here in passing, however, that when you tap on revert imported labels, that while you are still on this screen, you'll still see those labels that we just imported. Talk back, pocket casts. However, if I go back, I'm going to go back. Advanced settings, custom labels. I am back to the advanced settings. And if I tap on custom labels, custom labels, manage custom labels, navigate up. And if I put my finger down, talk back, VLC one in list. And I do not have those imported labels that we had. I had reverted those custom labels. However, while you revert them, you have to go back in order for those to disappear. But if you are still on that page, you'll still see those custom labels. Now let's talk about exporting custom labels. I only have one label here, and that's the one for the VLC media player. I will now find and tap on export, and it's the same process. We could export it to a local storage or to our Google Drive or some other cloud storages that we have. Export custom labels button, audit list, share, share. When you tap on export custom labels, we have the traditional Android sharing system pop up and we have to choose what we want to do. You could either choose one of your cloud storages or go choose on a file managing app and go save it to a local storage or to an SD card, for example. Let me give you an example. Let's say I'm using my Solid File Explorer and go save it to somewhere on my internal storage. Files by Good Solid Explorer. Save to. Tab. Save to. Internal Memory. Button. Audit Grid. I tab on Internal Memory. Internal Memory. Button. And let's just choose some place to just save it in just for testing purposes. Alarms. Empty. Let's say I save it in Alarms. Alarms. Empty. Internal Memory. Button. Now that I've tapped on alarm, I'll go to the bottom of the phone and find where it says save to alarm or select alarm. Select alarms. Select alarms. I tap. Saving in my files. File copy. Preparing operation. Manage custom labels. Export custom labels button. I will now exit out of here and go bring up my file managing app and go see if indeed we have exported that thing to my alarm. So I'll now go home. Pixel launcher. Friday, October. Now I'll go find my file managers. Pixel launcher. Open Solid Explorer. Opening Solid Explorer. I am now in my internal storage with my Solid Explorer and I saved it in alarms. Let's go check it. Alarms. One item. October 15th, 2021. 11, 24 and 22 seconds a.m. Tapping here is what we've got. Talk back underscore custom underscore labels underscore 10152021.tbl 226b. October 15th, 2021, 11.24 and 22 seconds a.m., row 2, in grid. 
And that's the file I just exported. And now you know how to manage your custom labels by either importing, exporting, or reverting those custom labels. Mariam, you love this bit, don't you? Yeah, it's my favorite part. She has to because, you know, somehow we've become friends, right? We uh, yeah, used to be sure. that we could not see eye to eye, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of trying to be friends because I'm preparing, you know, secretly for our flight on, you know, and our celebration and stuff. So, you know, yeah. It's nice to see Miriam come around after all these years. and. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. All I'll say is with friends like that, who needs enemies? And finally this week, we have the My Android Journey section. And I'm delighted to say that we're joined by my uh, former school friend, Fee Dunn. Fee, how are you? Hello. Yeah, good. Yeah. Great grey weather here today, though. It's been a bit meh. Um, but, you know, yeah, other than that, it's all good. Yeah. Excellent. Warren, do you want to drive the car on My Android Journey for a bit? It is my favorite segment, and thank you so much for actually agreeing to come on and talk about your Android journey story. Something we haven't heard, oh, for maybe a couple or so episodes now that we haven't had anyone come on to talk about their Android journey story. And thank you so much for doing so. So I would, you know, like you to kind of take us down that road and talk to us about when you started on Android, all the difficulties you encountered and things like that. And, you know, let that British wrath, you know, just rip. You know, you are, you are, you are throwing that wrath out there on Google. Let it rip. <laughs> so, so, well, sometimes, sometimes people call me Fiery Fee at certain times. That, that, that has happened in the past. Um, yes. Um, well, it, it goes back beyond Android, really. I originally was so thrilled when... Nokia made Symbian phones and somebody else made talks that you could put on there to as a screen reader for the phones. And so I loved those. I had loads of different ones. Um, and then eventually I moved over to the iPhone. Um, and actually I started with an iPod touch because I was like, touch screen. Ah! Um, but so I thought, oh, I'll get something where you don't have to actually answer calls for now and then get used to it. And then I went to an iPhone. But um, I really liked the sound of Android. Um, and I bought myself a Samsung Galaxy Europa. Does anybody remember those? It had a touchscreen and a joypad and a it's, couple of other buttons. It was really, it, is, it was a quite a small it's phone. It's called the, the Europa? It was really years and years and years ago like 10 years ago or something maybe more it was a kind of cheapy pay-as-you-go plasticky thing um well they were all very plasticky you know <laughs> yeah um and it was about the size of um you could probably get three of them into a current sort of flab type phone um but they were a bit thicker anyway it wasn't very good android back then wasn't really there was a, a talkback screen reader and there was another one which doesn't exist anymore and i can't remember the name of it uh, maybe it was spill yes it was yeah. it was yeah that's right um and i loved the idea of being able to change your screen reader and things like that but i couldn't the, it, the phone just wasn't that great i'd also like the fact that at that time you could change the battery 
So if your battery went wrong, you could have a new one and not have to send it anywhere. And I wish they still did that, but nobody seems to anymore. Then I had um, a charger, which I think was HTC. Yes. And I liked that because it had a keyboard. So and I you s- had a charger? Uh, it was yeah. a dance, the HTC charger. I was going to say, it's a dance, it's, isn't it? Uh, it's an, <laughs> yeah. it, it was a beautiful dance. it was dance. also a phone. <laughs> it was also a phone. Yeah, it's, it's a good job I had it as a, as a phone because I, my, I did tap dancing, but other than that, my dancing abilities are, <laughs> yeah, I'm better off with a phone than a dance, really. Um, but, yeah, it had a QWERTY keyboard. It was re- really small buttons, a bit like a BlackBerry, you know, Mm-hmm. I loved that. But it also, the bottom half was a keyboard, the top half was a touchscreen, and it was quite awesome. But again, a bit slow, a bit clunky. Um, gave it to my mum in the end and used something else. And then I decided to try again in about 2018, probably, roughly, mm-hmm. I think. Nokia 5, when was that? About 2018? Yeah, the Nokia 5, um, uh, yeah. yeah, back in 2018. Yeah, I, I decided to try it with Android, and I I was thinking about getting a Samsung Galaxy, but they were quite pricey, and I didn't want to spend the money on that if I just couldn't stand Android at all in the first place. So I had a Nokia 5 for my birthday and tried it for a while, but it was a bit slow, and then I discovered from a friend that you could record in stereo on the Samsung Galaxy S9 and those kind of phones. So I got one of those, but that wasn't TalkBack. That was Samsung's voice assistant. And actually that was quite a deliberate decision because I wanted to be able to mute um, talk, uh, not TalkBack, you know, the the speech uh, in order to read Braille without the phone yabbering all the time. Um. And I also thought that being able to pause and unpause media with the two finger double tap would be good. And at the time, you could, I think you, you can do that with TalkBack now, but you couldn't then. Um, but I got my S9 and I've been using it for ages. I also got a Galaxy A40 just because I could. Um, time was when I was using all the Symbian phones, people knew me as Fiona the Phonorak, <laughs> which I spelt with an F. So it's like Fiona. Um, <laughs> But um, why didn't you just go for Fiona Rack? Because then it just sounds like I like myself lots, which is a bit <laughs> yeah, weird. That's true. That is, that is bit, true. That sounds a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, you go, girl. And, and then, um, so, and then last week, I got myself a Samsung Galaxy S20 FE. And oh the reason goodness. I didn't go for the, I didn't go for the. 20 s21 because you can't put a memory card in it and that annoyed me Mm. and people keep saying oh but you can use the cloud you can have your stuff in the cloud but i like to know where it is and we we had a demo the other week didn't we of what happens when a big business goes wrong facebook (laughs) um what if that you can say that again (laughs) and you know what if google does that and i can't get my music no i want it on and my audible books and things i want them on a memory card um and i want to be able to because memory cards are quite cheap really whereas if you get a, a phone with a, with bigger memory that can cost quite a lot more even you know per month exactly. if you've got a contract or something and that's just annoying um so i really like my galaxy um s20 fe uh i still don't like braille very much unfortunately um 
as you might have gathered earlier on, because <laughs> apart from everything else, when you use Braille back, whenever you connect your Braille machine, it makes this horrible chiming noise. <laughs> and whenever you disconnect it, it makes this horrible other chiming noise. <laughs> and that's fine if you could turn it off, but I don't know. I don't know if you can. And someone's solution to it for me was, oh, plug headphones in. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but come on, Fiona. You like music, don't you? That's a nice musical uh not there, you know. <laughs> Come on, girl. Oh, not only does Fiona like music, but she's a very accomplished singer. Thank you. Like, I mean, like seriously accomplished. I'm not just mm. saying she can hold a tune on a karaoke night. She's a proper singer. Ah, there yeah, you I'm, go. A, I'm a musician. That's that's my thing. That's that's what I do. Okay. Yeah. Do so you have any you amusing uh, war stories from the setup of your S20 fan edition that you care to share with us? <laughs> You know I do. That's why I need to answer the question. <laughs> uh, yes. Good, good, oh, good. Let us hear it. That was good fun or something. Um, <laughs> so I like the vocalizer voices, and the voice I particularly like and have on my phone is Serena. Um, incidentally, they give you a trial on vocalizer voices when you first ever use them, unlike that Braille program. What's that about? You know, if it's 10 quid, give people a trial of seven days or even a day. Well, come on, you know. Well, anyway, it, ha- it has a trial, doesn't it? I like to think it does. I'm not sure. I thought it no, did. No, AB- ABK doesn't. It's oh, a- it doesn't. ABK doesn't. No. Nah, that's a shame. Okay, ABK guys, out. if yeah. you're listening, you need to give people a way to try it. Because I think that people will buy something if they actually could try it. Because it wouldn't make sense for me to go dump $12 on something that I'm not sure if it's going to work for me or not. You know what I mean? No, I wouldn't. Um, but anyway, so my, my setup, well, it all went very well for a while. Then I, I used the um, smart switch app, which is a Samsung thing to get stuff off your old phone, which in this instance was my A40 that I've been using um, with Vodafone before. Um, That was all fine. But then I went into the settings for the speech and it gave me vocalizer as a choice that I could choose. And I thought, oh, okay, smart switch must have transferred vocalizer across. Great. So I chose it. That was a mistake because suddenly my Android phone had turned into a Quaker. It was completely silent. So uh, for those who don't know, that's what you do in a Quaker meeting. There's a lot of silence, Um, which can be quite nice in a Quaker meeting, not so much in a phone when you need a screen reader. Uh, I had to go to the Vodafone shop and the man uh, luckily, I, I knew exactly what I needed to do, and the man um, helped me to change it back to the Google Voice so that I could then install Vocalizer. But my my comment on this is that really, if the voice data isn't installed, I don't think that the option f- to choose it should be available um, because that was a mess. Um, See, the problem here, Fee, is that um, I've always argued this point. I don't see this need of, you know, separating the app from 
the voice data is absolutely stupid. They should all be bundled together. I don't care how long it takes me uh, to download it because if you don't, something like what you just talked about, you know, could happen to someone and they're stuck. You don't have someone to help you. Of course, you have to go to some God knows where, some phone shop somewhere, and that's no bueno. So, uh, my argument is that bundle the voice data with the APK, you know, so we don't yeah. have to install the APK and go download the voice data, blah, blah, blah. It's all stupid. At least a basic voice, even if it's a bit of a rubbishy one yes. that will make you need oh, another one just that so that it the, speaks something. I think that, well, at least I've had that experience on the Pixel, but it always defaults back to That's true. the yeah, Google on TTS. On the Pixel, it will default to yeah, your Google same. TTS. Yeah. It didn't, it, yeah, what same. happened was every time I did my pin, the Samsung voice came back. Ah, mm-hmm. I think it was but, that voice assistant playing uh, hide and seek with you. But after the pin, it went to um, just silence again because the vocalizer mm-hmm. had started, but not started. Yeah, it and started I think, and then got, I think oh, the, I reason, voice. the reason is because you you didn't have uh, the Google uh, TTS or Google Speech Services. You have the Samsung um, TTS ah. instead. But if you had had a Google TTS, if it was a phone that comes with a Google TTS, this wouldn't have been the case. The, um, it is on there. I don't, I, think, I, it, I will, I don't, I don't think it's the Google TTS. I think it's TalkBack. I think it's a feature of TalkBack. It'll default to the Google well, yeah, yeah, but if, no, if, no, but yeah, but no. if you don't have no. Google TTS on there, because Samsung no, do, uh, phones do. do not oh. come with a yeah. Google TTS. Uh, uh, they do now. They do now. Mm, that's this one Actually, did anyway. The feature of Google TTS, because I was uh, using my commentary screen reader and I had a problem with my voices. That was actually a couple of days ago. Oh, uh-huh. And it switched back to Google TTS. And I have a oh, So maybe I need to change my, my, if it doesn't work, switch to this voice to a Google one then instead of a mm-hmm. Samsung one. But yeah. I'm not planning on uninstalling Vocalizer voice again, just so I can tell you. No, I don't want to do that. No. No. no, life's too short. The other problem mm-hmm. I had was that um, I had hidden the screen uh, because I don't need to see it. And I don't particularly want other people looking at what I'm doing if I'm, you know, out in public or something. Um, so I thought, oh, I can't use something like Ira which is why I went to the Vodafone shop because I could stop TalkBack completely, but then I couldn't easily interact with the phone. And what was really annoying was I couldn't, um, on an Apple phone, you do a double, no, triple three-finger tap to turn the screen curtain, they call it, on and off. But I, as far as I could tell, there wasn't a similar gesture for the, um, for the Android Phones, I think which, there is now. No, I think there, there is. The yeah, I think there is. And most especially on a Samsung phone, though, there mm. should be. I couldn't find anything. And I did look for ages because it was really irritating. You, you, go, <laughs> into, um, you, you go into the talkback settings and then... Well, you couldn't do that. She had no speech. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to set it up, though, for future... Yeah, you go into yeah. you go um, to something, you know, customize it. Set I, it I to customize something. gestures, and then you choose a gesture you want to use, and then go through all the options. But I'm I'm like ninety nine percent sure that's one of the options to hide. Well, screen. I I looked the other day, and I didn't find. Okay. I looked through all of them for this, so that in future, okay. and I couldn't find dimming the screen anywhere. I might have been 
you know, having a moment, mm-hmm. but I did look because this was annoying and I wanted not to have that again. It's called um, hide screen and talk back, I think, isn't it? It's in the menu. I know, yeah. but there was nothing. Yeah, but it wasn't It wasn't yeah. a thing I could choose. What no. I did do, though, for some reason, the three-finger single tap wasn't bringing up the talk back menu. So I did set a four-finger double tap to, or was it a triple? Mm. Anyway, something, four-finger something to, mm-hmm. to bring up the talk back menu because that was the other thing. I couldn't bring that up in the pin screen so that i could show the screen instead of hiding it but yeah they need a yeah, gesture they I, I do think it would be gesture. Good. yeah i think it yeah, would be good I, if, I if, if vocalizer friendly. implemented something that eSpeak has which is it will download a voice especially mm. if you've you know it knows that you've bought the app because it's kind of installed so yeah uh when you i think acapella it, is similar as well no, yeah, a-, a cappella also has voice data that will be treated like media. So if it's selected as a speech engine, it should try and ping a server for a voice, I think. Yeah, but uh, it does, I don't think it does. No, Listen. eSpeak does, though. Uh, yeah. if, you select, well, never, if you select eSpeak first, mm-hmm. yeah. No, no, a cappella doesn't and Vocalizer yeah. doesn't, but eSpeak yeah. does. Yeah, I've not tr- I didn't know eSpeak was on Android, actually, so that's interesting. So thank you for that. I'm learning a lot. It's horrible, I fe- that'll be why i didn't try it but i found i found you guys because i was trying to find out things about talk back and stuff because i'd been using voice assistant for the last two or three years so i wanted to know more about talk back and i typed into google blind android users i had no idea that was the name of this podcast but when i just searched stuff to do with talk back all i got was things about how do you turn off this blooming thing kind of articles you know cited people who got annoyed with it so I thought well I'll search for blind android users and then I was like oh it's a podcast oh wow how did I not know about this so um yeah I found you by mistake but it was a good mistake so you obviously picked the right name direct hit yeah it was (laughs) it was and then I was like Ed Green oh blimey I know that voice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the voice and the person yeah brilliant thanks very much for uh, a great android journey as ever austin how do people find us the people can find us by going on to our website that is blindandroidusers.com they can email us with their questions or feedback by sending in an email to contact us at blindandroidusers.com subscribe to our mailing list blind android users plus subscribe at groups.io. The links for the Telegram group, Clubhouse, YouTube channel, and Twitter will be in the show notes. And also the links for the form for our special events will be in the show notes. So that is it from us this week. See you next week, folks. Bye, everybody. And that has been another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. As always, we appreciate hearing from you. You send those email messages to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. For those My Android Journey stories, we encourage you to send those to myandroidjourney at blindandroidusers.com. Until we see you in our next episode, you have a wonderful day.